Bo Schembechler was a was a vastly superior coach to Earl Bruce. And Michigan dominated the, the rivalry. And Lloyd Carr was a better coach than, than John Cooper. And Michigan continued to dominate the rivalry. John Cooper had some fantastic teams from a talent standpoint. He had, he had that one team where you had Eddie George and, and Orlando Pace. That team definitely should have won a national title. But they couldn't get past Michigan. And Michigan had a, a better culture. They were tougher. They were angrier. And they look at Ohio State as their little brother. And, and at that time, Ohio State was their little brother. And, and they knew that they could come into Columbus and get a win. Even if Ohio State was 11-0 going to that game, they knew that if Ohio State was coming to Ann Arbor, that they were going to get in that tail. And then Jim Trestle showed up in Columbus. And the first thing that he said he said, you're going to be proud of our kids in the classroom, which I don't know if that was true. But you're especially going to be proud next season when we go to Ann Arbor. And Ohio State then began, began to be the, the team that circled that game. And they were the angrier team. And their, their fan base was angrier. And they were the hunter, not the hunted at that particular time. They were tired of having Michigan abuse them annually. And they said, we're going to beat Michigan. If we, if we don't win any other games this year, we're going to beat Michigan. And Trestle absolutely owned Lloyd Carr. And then and you had Rich Rodriguez. You had a series of awful coaches. But Trestle was a better coach than anyone that Michigan was trotting out during that 10, 12-year period. And Ohio State started to stack wins against the Wolverines. And then and then Trestle got got fired for lying to the NCAA and they brought in Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer used to abuse Nick Saban. So Urban Meyer went 7 and 0 against Michigan. Like he just just completely breezed through or 6 and 0 versus Michigan. Just completely breezed through. They were, they were beating him 30 31 to 7. It was it was not even close. Historically that game's always been close. If one team is seven and three and the other team's eleven and zero, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be fourteen to nine. It's going to be a slugfest. Urban Meyer, it was just it was just easy, low hanging fruit. And I think there's a stretch. Ohio State won eighteen out of twenty versus Michigan, and it it became laughable. Then the baton was passed to to Ryan Day, and when Jim Harbaugh finally got off the Schneid last year against Ohio State, he said that Ryan Day was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. Ohio State fans were, were surprisingly quiet when he said that. Remember, Jim Harbaugh was about an eyelash away from being run out of town on the rail. You're talking about the tiki torches and pitchforks were out in Ann Arbor. He's interviewing, I think, for the Lions job. The Raiders' job was just hoping and praying that he could find somewhere in the NFL a good landing spot in the NFL because he was done at Michigan. Can't beat Ohio State. I think he was 0-6 versus Herb or 0-5 versus Herb. And when he when he made that comment about Ryan Day, Ohio State fan base didn't, didn't really say much. 
you didn't you didn't see a lot of Ohio State fans coming to the defense of Ryan Day because we knew we knew that he did not build the program. We knew that Ohio State gifted him the keys to to a Lamborghini. We knew that that was Herb's team. We knew that he was like George Seifert in San Francisco, taking over for Bill Walsh. We knew that he was Barry Switzer with the Cowboys, taking over for Jimmy Johnson. We knew that he was Jim Caldwell with the Indianapolis Colts, taking over for Tony Dungy. We knew that Ryan Day didn't have the experience, maybe didn't have the toughness, didn't have the game-planning ability at this point in his career to beat the Michigans, to beat the Bamas, to beat the USC's, to beat the Georgias. We knew that. Ohio State fans knew that. We hoped that Ryan Day was going to get it together. But it's when you hand over, when you when you allow someone to inherit that program, it's not the same as a guy like Luke Fickle, who's Ohio State bred. It's not even the same when you, as if you get a Lane Kiffin or, or you get a Mike Vrabel from the Titans. And if you don't think Ohio State's a better job than the Tennessee Titans, you're absolutely incorrect. Ohio State's a better job than the Titans. It's not a better job than the Raiders. It's not a better job than the Patriots, but it's a better job than the Tennessee bleeping Titans. We saw the defense erode. We saw Ohio State kind of build themselves to, to be an SEC team and, and run the spread. But we, we are all saying that, well, that defense is pretty soft. We're like, they can't really run the ball. Power I, which is Ohio State, which is Big Ten, which is Midwest, which is November cold football. We're like, hey, if it's 60 degrees and sunny, they can, they can run the spread and, and pass the ball 30, 40 times a game. But Ohio State fans, and I've said it on this show, we all said, you know, this team's getting a little soft. And being soft is going to come back to bite us in the tuchus. And that's exactly what happened over the weekend. No excuses for me. I'm not ducking anybody. Michigan absolutely kicked the crap out of Ohio State, exposing them as soft, exposing them as frauds, exposing Coach Day as someone who's a nice guy, he's a better person than Jim Trestle. He's a better person than Herb. You know, I don't think there are any serial killers on on Ohio State's in their in their in their tight end room. You don't hear about the kids getting arrested and getting into trouble. Under Herb, we knew we knew a lot of those guys on that championship team were involved in a lot of extracurricular activities, and I don't mean the chess club. You don't have that with this current team. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a great guy. C.J. Stroud has like has he's like Tim Tebow, man. It's the first thing he says after every game is, "Hey, thanks to to my Lord and Savior." I might I might want some more Maurice Clarets drinking Grey Goose. If you want to win championships, I know that I know that Maurice Claret has has cleaned up his life, so I don't want to I don't want to dog him for that. I'm just saying, Coach Ryan Day is probably more likely to go to heaven than Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle. But do I want him coaching against Nick Saban or against Jim Harbaugh or against Lincoln Riley? Hell no. Ryan Day 
is an inferior coach to Jim Harbaugh. The fan base knows it. Michigan's fan base knows it. The players at Ohio State know it. The players at Michigan know it. The people that cover Ohio State on WBNS and Columbus know it. Gene Smith, the athletic director, knows it. The Big Ten president knows it. The president of The Ohio State University, she knows it. Lee Corso knows it. Kirk Herbstreet knows it. And as long as Ryan Day is there and he's going up against Jim Harbaugh, expect Michigan to win five out of six, seven out of ten. Michigan is going to dominate the rivalry because they have a better coach team and they have a better and more tough culture. They're going to circle that game. They know that they can abuse Ohio State's softness. They know that they are going to outcoach Ohio State. They know that they're going to get that extra yard that they need to keep the chains moving. And right now, the ebb and flow of the rivalry, Michigan's up. And I have to respect it. I can't make any excuses. Michigan's a superior franchise right now, program. Now, Ohio State has more talent. Ohio State has more perimeter speed. They have more playmakers. But in this rivalry, it's about coaching. And right now, advantage scum. Lance J. Show. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J. Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance J Radio Network HealthCast series. When I was a quality executive, I spent many years working with Episource on chart retrieval, coding, and their analytics platform. This is the time of year where health plans are focused on their final push for risk adjustment to close out 2021 dates of service. Identify HCC gaps. Stratify at both the member and provider level with Episource analysts. Episource combines intelligent technology and a team with many years of subject matter expertise. For a demonstration request, go to www.episource.com. James Lewis. But I get this email that says, Election Day may be behind us, but our work is far from finished, James. The Senate race in Georgia is headed for a runoff, and that means the result of this election depends on what we do between now and December 6th. And it says in big, bold letters, you haven't donated this year to the DNC. Split. So it's giving me instructions. Split a $10 donation between Raphael Warnock's campaign and the DNC to help with this runoff and defeat Herschel Walker. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Don't don't demand money from me, DNC. Don't ever send me an email like that again in your life. If I was there, I'd probably, just to be spiteful, I'd probably vote for Herschel Walker just to spite you because that email was so disrespectful. You demanding my money that I worked hard for during a recession in a post-COVID society when I got a family to feed and they're demanding that I give you money? Bleep you, man. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. 
I'm the latest hashtag challenge. And everyone on social media is trying me. I'm trending so hard that hashtag common sense can't keep up. This is going to get tens and tens of views. But if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, you could be left to pay for this yourself. Get Allstate and be better protected from mayhem for a whole lot less. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. 